What's up, listener? I want to let you know if you don't know already, you can now financially support the Theology of Music podcast. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash theologyofmusic for more details. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast. Follow on Instagram, support financially through buymeacoffee.com, and subscribe to the only podcast that unpacks the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel. And once again, I am joined by an incredible person. Her name is Mackenzie Morgan. And just to give you a quick update about her and where she's been in her life, she's a Nashville-based professional recording artist. So we're, we're bringing up the credit of the podcast here with these people. Uh, and she's been singing and performing and songwriting since she was seven, which, as she told me, was so cool to have parents say, hey, let's, let's invest in this. We're going to go to Nashville. We're going to do this for you. I thought that was so cool. And she's won dozens of awards throughout her career, saying on national television. So anyone who thinks they can make it, sorry, she'll tell you, you just can't. You got to be really good. She's traveled across the U.S. performing. And as a songwriter, she is passionate about writing lyrics that are meaningful and share a different message from what is being played on mainstream radio. As a devout Christian, she strives to produce and create music that is meaningful, fun, I like that, and relatable to all walks of life. Mackenzie is currently in the studio recording her next EP of original music, which is so awesome. So once again, Mackenzie, thank you for being on this podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. This is crazy and kind of surreal and all all of those things, but thank you very much for wanting to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) I love so one thing. Um, I don't know if my listeners, if they know you, that'd be great. If they don't, here's the thing: Mackenzie is way too humble. She's way too modest and kind. Not in like a bad way. She's just so humble, and she keeps saying that she's honored to be on this podcast. And I keep trying to tell her it's n- this is nothing special. This isn't like <laughs> like this isn't a big name podcast with thousands and thousands of followers. Like it's just a guy in his house. So I'm just happy that you you thought it would be. It would be a cool idea to come on here and and the main reason why we one of the reasons why we had you on here was that you you recently became viral and and currently right now the post that made you viral has about 12,000 likes and over 10,000 shares and that's not something that's in the normal for you no right no so what happened? What what happened? How did this happen? Um, well, I'm looking at it right now. It says that I posted it on July 12th, so a little over a month ago. Um, wow. And I, I rem- it was just it was a Monday, I remember, because I I had worked and I work on Mondays. Um, and I remember it had been a really hard day, and at work, and I just came home. Maybe I just didn't have any cares left to give. So, and I'd had a note in my phones, uh, in my phone app, in my notes app for a while. And I'd just been working on this post, um, not knowing when I was going to like put it on Facebook or anything, but I knew I was going to eventually share some of my story just with my personal Facebook friends. I didn't have any weight on it. I didn't have a, I don't have a following on my personal Facebook at the time. I guess I do now, but so, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, I don't have a personal Facebook anymore. Um, <laughs> it's like turned into a like page or something. I'm like, oh. mm-hmm. so uh, obviously it was not curated. Um, it was just my normal personal Facebook with my friends and my family and I would share Spongebob memes and sometimes things of (laughs) theology 
and <laughs> and uh, now it looks a little different but posted it you know at like, like eight o'clock at night like a really weird time to post something so crazy that everything happened as it did um posting yeah. at that time of the day um or night <laughs> So then it just started getting hundreds of likes by like midnight. It had, I don't, I don't even remember, um, a few hundred and then woke up, was a little bit more. And then the next day it's when it, whew. so yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, and in your post, you, you kind of, it's, it's almost like your, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but I'd, I'd say it was like the modern worship leaders, 95 theses with modern worship. Like, to quote Martin Luther, you were just kind of like, here's my issue with modern worship. And it's almost like you're defecting, right? Mm-hmm. You were saying, I'm, I'm done. Like, I'm, I can't take this anymore. And you specifically target, you know, the big three of, of modern worship, right? Which if so, I'm pretty sure at your church, you guys use Planning Center, right? Mm-hmm. And when I was a worship pastor, we would use Planning Center. And, how, and I would say this in my earlier episodes of the podcast, but how many times I would look at what's, what's the top you know, 10 for this week that are scheduled. And the only time it was not a Hillsong Bethel or Elevation song was because it was Phil Wickham because <laughs> he, he just writes fast songs every once to play and he writes great songs. But it was like every other song was yeah. Bethel, Elevation and, and Hillsong. And, and I've talked before and I know I've talked with other worship pastors and leaders uh, like yourself who say like, it's so hard because you know there are other songs out there, but you also know these songs are incredibly familiar to people and easy for people to pick up and they make people get excited and, you know, it get, engages their emotions and it's so hard to avoid, I would say, that temptation yeah. to just go, yeah, we're just, let's do whatever Hillsong put out or stuff right. like that. So, why, like, why, why, where did you, how did you get to this point where you said, I'm done, enough is enough? Um, well, at my previous church, I, which I was there about 10 years and I was, I started leading worship there. Um, that's where I learned. That's where I started. And I started serving in the youth ministry for the high school students when I was 15. Mm. And, um, everyone's got to pay their dues. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was, I started leading and volunteering when I was 15 and, uh, um, had a really great uh, worship leader that that was the leader of the high school ministry worship. And he really took me under his wing and helped me learn, helped me grow. Um, everyone there, everyone had just such hearts of gold for worship, I have to say, just such genuine people that really, really taught me how one leads worship and what is the right heart yeah. to have behind worship. So I can't argue with that. Um, it's just over the years, because I was there every Wednesday night, faithfully, I guess. Um, I just, I, I didn't, I loved it. Um, I loved serving. I loved giving back to God what He had given to me. So I just felt it was really important um, for me to do. And I loved it. And I loved being um, a light to my, my peers or just people in mm. general. And then I would lead also on Sunday mornings as well um, and stuff like that. But predominantly was in the youth um, for the middle school and high school ministries up until I was, well, I'm 24 now. And um, so, yeah, up until I was about 24 there and um, did that for, I guess, almost 10 years. It was about nine years. And honestly, I knew that something was wrong 
quite a few years ago. Um, didn't <laughs> know as much as I knew now. Um, yeah. Didn't know the severity of the situation, I would say, for a, a number of years. But just learning the the um, seeker-sensitive tactics in mm -hmm. church, which is so predominant, that was what I mainly had an issue with. And then, and then worship obviously plays a big part of that in the music part of worship services. And that's where then all of that started being revealed to me. Just seeing yeah. all the behind the scenes of, not like anyone was doing anything bad behind the scenes or anything like that, but seeing how what everything had to be, how everything had to be executed in such a way in order to create these curated moments is just something I had a big problem with because it didn't feel genuine. Even though mm. everyone was trying, to have it be genuine and meaningful and everyone had the right heart. It's just the way of going about it. There wasn't, you weren't able to have the right heart behind mm. the way to go about it. Like, especially in the seeker sensitive movement, singing, singing, of course, the songs that we were singing, but everything from, you know, the the pad had to be just right and have to pray have to pad over the prayer and make sure you don't mess that up and you know the four oh, the one four six five chord progression and it's just well you know that just starts to get repetitious and i'm like uh -huh. yeah, mm -hmm. can we just be a little more creative here with what we sing goodness um but honestly i was never that in love with modern worship music honestly yeah i it has never drawn me in Hillsong Elevation Bethel. I never listened to them outside of church. Like, yeah. well, I'm not going to say never because I did. I did sometimes. I had certain songs that I liked, but I was never this big, hardcore Bethel Hillsong Elevation fan. I just wasn't. Everyone else knew when the records were coming out and when the albums were right. coming out. I did not care. The, that genre to me is like Coldplay and U2, which is predominantly how those bands got their sound. Um, hey, 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 hey. Early Coldplay is some of my favorite music. You back off. I love, I love Coldplay, but do I love, well, Viva La Vida is like one of my favorite records, but do I want to listen to them all the time? No. Fair. Do I want to listen to U2 all the time? No, it's not my favorite, but you know, I appreciate it. And I love Coldplay. Clocks is like one of the first, very first songs I learned good. to play on guitar. Um, good, good. But it was just, you know, when you're singing, like, sometimes we would be singing multiple, you know, you're singing multiple services a week of just the mm -hmm. same, you know, music. Because there would be three services on Sundays. And then yeah. my, my Wednesday nights got to two services every Wednesday Ooh. night. Because I would do middle school and high school. So and oh, with man. practices and everything, I'd be singing certain songs after playing through rehearsals and, and then the services about 10 times a week yep. <laughs> for one song or six times maybe. So I, I just got really burnt out on it. Um, it wasn't my first love of a genre, uh, but maybe that's why I wasn't so emotionally invested um, mm. and why it didn't play on my heartstrings that much. Maybe that was a, a blessing in disguise. Um, I'm not going to say it didn't because I was right. I was definitely impacted by by it um, and enjoyed leading it and hearing people sing, sing in the congregation to it. But 
it never was my favorite genre like it was other people's. I was always kind of a black sheep in that area. I felt like mm. I just I just didn't fit this, um, like, especially being in the youth ministry, you know, you're modeled after Young and Free, Hillsong. So I just oh, yeah. never yeah. Fit, fit that, like, Hillsong Young and Free worship leader look and image. And I just, I just. Are you sure? Because you, you wear the cool hats and everything. I've, I've seen the <laughs> social media profile. Yeah. I mean, I, I tried, um, but my heart wasn't really in it like everyone yeah. else's. And I, I could yeah. see that. And I always had a problem like not with, not with people, not like there was anything wrong with other people. I always felt like there was something wrong with me because just our passions with the, with the worship music, it just never lined up. And I always thought there was something wrong with me. Um, cause I'm just like this kind of like emo girl over here especially when i was a teenager i was more hey amen i'm right there with you I, i'm just i like and i love 80s pop rock and you know that's just the stuff that i that i like and uh of course worship music and i always wanted to do like traditional hymns and i just wanted to get back to the roots of it as much n- not as much the you know just power anthem worship songs yeah. i just got yeah. really burnt out and i was like you know, I would always crave more of the traditional hymns um, as well as the contemporary. I'm not like a stickler on either one, but it was like, what are what are we singing about? Like, what are these mm. lyrics? Like, why is everyone jumping? Like, like, <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with jumping. It's just, you know, I'm like, why are we jumping? Like, you're only jumping because I'm jumping and I'm making you jump. Like, exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm just performing and you're just following along with me. <laughs> I think, and I, I think you're hitting hitting a good spot because I I know one thing that I would I would even when I was leading worship I would kind of like look at my own people and say you know you know those people on your worship team but the second the music starts their hands go to their sides and they start to raise up and you're going like why is your hand up why is your yeah. hand up yeah like we haven't even sang a word yet it's just the, is it the pad is it the pad that's making you like worship God right now and I would remember like it would. And then when I would be in the congregation, I would some I would feel like ah, it feels fabricated. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, now we raise our hands because the moment, but not because of the truth we sing. And and I think you would probably agree with this as a songwriter. I don't know if you've ever taken a stab at writing hymns, but I've found when it comes to writing hymns, I feel more free than when I'm writing a contemporary Christian song because I actually get to talk more in it. Like I get to unpack more. Mm-hmm. I get to be more clear. And so I'm not trying to trying to finagle an idea into five words that I'm going to repeat over and over and over again. And I mean, when you do that, of course, it's going to be incredibly simplistic. And like you said, it's going to play more on your emotions than your your mind. And I think what was really cool in your post, one of the things you said was theology matters, right? Like it, it matters. Like you said, that each Sunday you're paying royalties to churches. Mm-hmm. that you're the music you're playing and and that's i think that's been a, a big part of this this discussion right so there's a lot of people who are kind of on your side when it says um you shouldn't even don't play it because you're paying royalties not just even because of your like you might not agree with the theology but like or the person might be uh the pastor there might be a heretic but it's also like even if you're doing it and you say well that's just that person the song itself stands on its own you're still giving them money yeah. Uh, and I and I think that's a really good. It's it's something important for the worship leader who's listening to to understand. You, it's I. 
I would say, and I don't know if you would go here with me, but I'd say it's not it's not sin if you're giving if you're paying them the royalties and doing the song, in the sense that like how dare you, you shouldn't do this, but it is on conscience. So like if if your conscience says like like Mackenzie, I can't do this song, and yet you still do it because it's easy, or it, it's you know you know it's gonna be effective in your church, then that's the sin, right? Yeah. But if you're someone who's like, I know that that's separate from them. It's kind of like the whole Martin Luther at one point said we should get rid of the Jews. Like, do you now, do you not sing a mighty fortress is our God? Like that's, that's a good point. Um, but I think it's, it's a matter of conscience. And I love that you, you stood on the truth that the Lord laid upon your heart as a, a matter of conscience. Like I, I can't do this. And, and you called though people to task. You did say though, like, Hey, you need to think about this more, which I think was important. How many people do you know in this industry around you in Nashville, especially? who just do the songs and haven't thought more than a, a penny's worth of time about the songs that they sing. And you, your post, I think God is going to use to have those, make people at least think. The Holy Spirit's gonna pop it in their mind and go, yeah, Mackenzie's got a point. Have you ever thought about this? Regardless yeah. of whether you agree, have you thought about this? Yeah, yeah, I, I would love to be a fly on the wall of what people think that I know right now. Um, <laughs> but to, to know that to have any sort of seed planted with this is just that's enough for me to lay my head down at night and, <clears throat> you know, be content with <laughs> because to think that I've made 12,000 people just think at least is... Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's quite a, it's very humbling. It's very, uh, intense. It has a lot of weight and I don't yeah. take it lightly. Um, of course, but just to think of, um, how God is actually either using it right now or will use it and what will yeah. eventually always, you know, happen because of the post and what has happened. Um, you know, I'm just here in my house, so I don't know all the effects of what God has been doing with it, but just the messages I have received and, and, um, the stories I've heard through people that I've now been able to meet virtually, um, yeah. like this, it's been um, amazing because, um, it was, it was like a couple weeks ago where it really dawned on me that that not only I'd made people think, but actually changed their mind. Mm. And mm. because I was going through my spam messages of my Facebook, because I was trying to find all of them because Facebook stores them so crazily. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've missed like all of these. Like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I yep. feel so terrible. Um, but then started reading even more stories of like how I had actually changed people's minds and how they weren't gonna sing them anymore. And I'm like, Oh, I just didn't feel like even with 12,000 likes on a post that I had actually changed anyone's mind. Yeah. I just, I was like, I made people think that's, that's good. That's, that's yeah. really awesome. God. But then I was like, oh my gosh, like I changed people's minds. Like that's something totally different. That's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially in 2021. What? Yeah. I'm like, everyone's just, we're all just, I mean, we're all so prideful and set in our ways and just, you know, my way or the highway, but mm. The fact that people actually were like that there are still people that exist that want to seek truth, that are still seeking truth humbly and are yeah. willing Amen. to listen. It, it was very encouraging because, I mean, especially with music, it plays on our emotions so much. Um, so we just get so 
emotionally invested and wrapped up. Oh, yeah. And and we, we will fight to defend those emotions that a song made us feel. Mm. Um, whatever song it is, really. Um, doesn't even have to just be worship music, but especially worship music because, you yeah. know, it's centered around our faith, something so important. And of course, you know, people, we're all growing in our sanctification and people are just trying to do the best they can. And I know people are... Some people had the rebuttal of, well, you know, just no one's perfect and no one's a theologian and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. well, you, you're a Christian. You are a theologian. You're either a good theologian yep. or you're a bad one. So yeah. we should all, we're all theologians, but it's not about being perfect or legalistic. It's about just search, the, just search the scriptures, man. Just search them yeah. for yourself. Like, just make a decision, you know? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> like don't just blindly do that. You've got to fall somewhere. So wherever you mm. fall, just make sure, make sure you line up with scripture. Cause I mean, God's the one you're going to be answering to, not me. Hey. So mm. don't worry about Amen. what I have to say. Just look, read the word. <laughs> I, I remember I would have conversations with people and, and, and I've had conversations with pastors where we were talking about philosophies of ministry, right? And seeker sensitive stuff. And I remember I would, I would just fall back on, Hey, you're, you have to make the account at the end of the day. To the Lord. Like you're in charge of this church. God's put you in charge. And so you have to make an account. So that should be the thing that motivates you, not just what's what's popular. Right. And and I think what's so cool about your story too, and you, we kind of talked about this before the podcast, was it's not like you had twelve thousand followers on Facebook before you posted this and all twelve thousand of them liked it. You wrote this post for like maybe thirty people you thought, hey, they might like that or they might, you know, push back. Yeah. And and that's that is the best picture of what it's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians here this side of eternity is within the sphere of influence that the Lord has placed us we are to like you said pursue truth and push others to do the same and so it wasn't like you said okay what's going to be the thing that makes me viral it was I'm pursuing truth and I want to push people in my immediate circle to pursue truth. Hey, I have Facebook. Let's post it on Facebook. And then God said, actually, I want to expand that a little bit so that other people can be impacted by that. And I just, I love when people faithfully serve in the small, right? As God says, doing faithful in the little things and making you a steward of many things, right? Right. And I think in the modern age, that's Facebook. Like that's your yeah. influence growing on Facebook as you're faithful, I think. Uh, and I'm just, I just want to thank you for being brave enough, not for the 12,000 people, but for the 30 people and being brave enough in your calling to pursue truth. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's very sweet. Yeah. People definitely have this, um, uh, perception, of course, people that don't, that are just stumbling upon the post for the first time or while it mm -hmm. was blowing up, you know, like, I, like. I posted it because I knew I could cause division with my massive Facebook following because I knew mm. I'd get 12,000 likes. I'm like, no, I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think, uh, especially with how the Facebook algorithm works, I mean, you have like a few hundred Facebook friends and Facebook only shows it to like 30 of them. So, you know, you get yeah. 30 likes on a post average, you know, it's not like you're counting your stats, but you know, you're just, it just is what it is. And that's all you think is going to see it based on who Facebook shows it to anyway. Yeah. Um, so once Facebook broadens that, then that's when you have to really be brave. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's the course. post afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's still, I still very much thank people that are, have been like, you're very brave to have 
post that and I admire you for posting that and I'm like I, and I understand where they're coming from and of course yeah. I, I am very grateful for them saying that um, and I I definitely see I mean it's harder to think about posting it I guess with people that are on your maybe your Facebook friends list that mm. I, I definitely have people on my friends list that are worship leaders that I know probably don't like what I had to say. So, I mean, mm. they, they definitely probably saw it. So, I mean, there is of course some bravery of posting it, you know, <laughs> but uh, there is, yes. But what God chose to do with it, of course I had no control over. I'm like, yeah like people are like all mad it's getting so much traction i'm like i don't know mark zuckerberg okay like i can't formulate this i don't know what you're (laughs) thinking that i have some control over the algorithm here but people have just been very for the most part very um very supportive there's definitely been some pushback i would say it's about half and half but honestly i expected a lot more um yeah be just because of the nature of what it is, but I've also found a lot of more, a lot more people were thinking the way I was. People that I personally know, and then people out in the world that I don't personally know that were already coming to this conclusion. And I, this has been a topic of discussion for the past few years, I would say. But yeah. it is ramping up more. Um, more yeah. people are starting to talk about it. Um, I guess myself included. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But seeing that there were other people that actually did agree and uh, were right on board and wanted to yeah. learn or wanted to learn more and had been discerning this, that was pretty surprising. People that have been like, yeah. I felt like there was something wrong. Like you put it into words that I You gave them language. Yeah. They were like, that hits the nail on the head. Like that is what, like, I think that's what's wrong. Like my conscience yeah. has been telling me this and I've been discerning this and I'm like, that's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's been amazing to hear that that people yeah. like God is working on people's hearts, not only mine, but mm, amen. But it's all over. So it was very surprising to to see that for sure because you I I'm I'm we're still in the minority on this discussion. Yes. I mean, yes. by yes. a long shot. Um Yeah. But it's 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 cool to see the minority come out. <laughs> yeah, and, and what's cool too is is so you know I've I've been doing this podcast since April of 2020, and but even before then I was doing things, talking to people about the same thing. And I love at the end of your post you kind of said, "Hey, I wish someone would have sat me down and told me these truths years ago." And I think one of the reasons why it's been so hard to get traction as the minority is because there are people. And I used to be like this, who are who are only deconstructionist within this argument or this discussion, right? Where we only bash and we only tear down and we only uh, demonize Bethel Hillovation. Uh, Hill, I should just put it all together in one word, like <laughs> Bethel Hillovation. Um, but we we demonize, and the problem is like you like your post was more from uh, your perspective and your convictions and what God's laid on your heart. And because of that, I think in your humility, more people were willing to listen to what you said. But there are people on our side, you know, because you and I are on the same side of this discussion who are not humble and that we're not helping people come to a better realization when we're when we're just attacking. Yeah. But when we, like you said, when we when we just take a good look at ourselves and what God's doing in our heart and say, this is this is where I'm coming from, right? And then 
you know, like you do, you, you suggest other songs too. It's not just those songs are terrible. You said, Hey, Sovereign Grace is really good. City of Light's really good. Mm-hmm. Selfish Plug, The Grace Collective, right? Like that's my group. Um, but like there, we need to check them I out. <laughs> but like, so Sovereign Grace, Bob Coughlin, um, he's a friend of mine. And I, one of my favorite conversations I've ever had with him is when he says, and we have it often. He says, today, there are more songs written for the church than there have ever been throughout all of eternity, of all of history. And what that means is, as a worship leader, you should never feel like you're stuck only playing XYZ Church's XYZ song. Um, but we, though, as worship pastors, need to be better about promoting these in love and humility, not in opposition to XYZ Church. Yeah. And and I, I think that's one of the greatest things about your post was the the humility that dripped from your posts enabled the Holy Spirit, I think, to use it in a way that if it was just kind of like a bash, bash, bash session, you'd have the people who are really hardcore and who are on our side and who agree being like, yeah, you tell them. But those people, like you said, who are, who were, who are right there with you, but just didn't have the language or didn't feel like they had the opportunity to speak out or didn't feel like they had the boldness to agree. You gave them a safe place to say, so I've been wrestling with this too. And I really, I think, I think what you said is true. And I want to, I want to be better about this. And that's what I want us to do in the church. And yeah. I want us to be a force for change and our side, right? Of this, of the aisle, I guess you could say of this modern worship dilemma, but we're, we're, we're doing it as loving, humble servants of Christ, not people who just disagree. Yeah. And I love that. I love that about your stuff. So I love that about your post. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I definitely, definitely agree. I, I don't care about, I don't want and don't care to bash anybody. It's not what that's Mm -hmm. about. There's a very distinctive difference between what is bashing and calling something what it is. Like what is like the fact that take Bethel Hillsong Elevation, take them out of the way. Who cares who's saying it? The fact that inaccurate views of God, of the Trinity, of essential foundations of the faith, the Mm -hmm. fact that those Mm -hmm. things are just being said, who cares who says them? But the fact that they're very prevalent in the church, like those theologies, those um, viewpoints and beliefs and systems, they shouldn't be anywhere near the church. So we just need to get it out. Just look at it black and white. Don't get hung up on the people. We pray for those people, of course, and we care about them and we don't want to bash them. It's just, they're saying what they're saying. The truth's the truth. Therefore, we need to do something about it and compare it with scripture. And if it just doesn't align with scripture, then it doesn't need to be in the church. And that's, it's pretty it's hard to think simple about it. It's it's not a simple issue, of course, but yeah. I'm just a big believer. Like there is truth and there is false uh, truth. Mm. So <laughs> coming to that conclusion is not easy by any sense of the word easy. It is not easy, but with God, God is who reveals the truth to us through his mm. Holy Spirit, um, which is the only way we're able to know anything um (laughs) so it is revealed to us uh, exclusively by him of course um but we should always be of course thinking seeking it out seeking his truth and found in Mm. his word but um yeah it's less about the people it like i don't have any beef with those 
people. I wish them well. I we need to pray for them. Like we need to care for these people and the people mm. that are being deceived. Like there is no hate and animosity, even though it's easy to take that for people to take that perspective and shift it in that direction. But yeah. it's just about the truths that are the the truth, God's truth, and protecting that and protecting the flock. Um, I don't care if Joe Blow off the street is speaking heresy, but right. he might be a nobody, but he still shouldn't be saying what he's saying. Right, yeah, yeah. Especially if he has a platform to do it on, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. he's well known or not, you know, it, it still shouldn't be said in the church because it is deceiving people. And, um, People think you go overboard with it um, and you get legalistic. You can definitely get legalistic about it, but there's a big difference between seeking truth, trying Mm. to stay as close to scripture as you can um, without being legalistic and without um, Mm. trying to be perfect, which no one is ever going to be perfect and we're never going to have it all figured out, but you have to at least try. Like, (laughs) It doesn't give us a free pass to... To yeah, just be not perfect as I am perfect, and, holy as I'm holy, yep. Yeah, and I mean, postmodern thinking is has crept into our culture so severely where no one really cares about truth anyway, so... Amen. Um, that's a it's whole other issue, but, yeah. you know, there there is truth and there is false truth, and... Uh, Amen. You know, it's just... It just is how it is, and uh, the only reason we can say that and make those claims is because of Scripture, so... Because we know, yep, we know the truth. Well, that to me, I think that's a great place to to end. Just because I don't want to go super long, even though we could, we could keep talking for hours. Oh yeah, I I feel like (laughs) you and I, we we could just keep going. Um, so one, I want to leave people with where to find your stuff, right? So because you've got a, you said you have an album coming out, and is that is that just like originals, as in like Christian music, or is it corporate worship music, or is it just kind of like spiritual music, or or not? What is it? Um, my personal music, um, my, what I've been working on, it's, it's what I, it's, it's hard. Um, people would definitely, I guess, call it secular, but I hate that word because it's not secular in the form that you're not going to lump it in with WAP with, um, or Nicki Minaj. Like, it is not that. And the th- problem is, is that you either... Never did I ever think someone would mention WAP on my podcast, but well, we did it. We did it. I'll be your volunteer, I guess, because it's very hard to explain because, you know, especially with this post, because, um, of course, I am super passionate about worship music. Um, yeah. I'm, I write worship music. I love it. And I sing it. And I also write my own music for fun and because i i love i'm very heavily inspired by the 80s 80s pop Mm. um i have a lot of rock influences as well and that's just the music i like but i'm really passionate as a christian that we can make good art um yep that that doesn't necessarily have to be couched within the church yeah and it's not that i don't a lot of people are like well why don't you want to like to be a Christian artist? And like, why don't you want that? Like, if you're a Christian, like, then you have to do that. Like, I'm like, no one says that to authors. No one says that to painters. Like, you can write a fictional story as a Christian and no one bats an eye. But if you're a music artist, if you don't write Christian music, then you're yeah. You're a heathen. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. You've yeah, fallen it's, off it's your stupid. rocker. So there's not a perfect word to describe it, but it is, you know, I'm I'm a Christian 
who writes who music writes. and it's yeah. through that lens and of course nothing would ever contradict scripture and it's all clean and right. wholesome and um i like to have fun and i just like to yeah. write good music that's um from the heart about real human experiences um i rarely even write love songs i i don't that's not my mindset yeah. that's not where I w i'm coming from it's it's definitely different than what, what you would hear on mainstream radio because i am a christian and that's going to leak out but yeah it's good pop music it's fun i would love for you know parents to have an outlet that their kids can listen to and they don't feel bad about it and they know yeah. that their kids are listening to good clean music which no one is doing and there's not you know there's always the stigmatism with christian movies and music you know that it's yeah. always bad it's always bad and, it, and it's not true it's not good quality a lot of the yeah. times but we need to change that because christians Amen. need to be creating good art so you know so when uh, is this when is this album going to come out when do you it's, think um it'll be out probably in the um either at the end of this year or the beginning of next year yeah awesome we're finishing and up all recordings right now all streaming platforms yeah spotify yeah, Apple music Apple, good awesome spotify everything is it under your name? Yeah, it's under Mackenzie Morgan. Awesome. Okay, guys, Mackenzie Morgan. And here, just to let you know, uh, she has a fantastic voice. Uh, when I listen to her, the the song, the Swan song, uh, is it Free Swans? Oh, Free Swans. Yeah. Um, your upper register is just awesome. It's so clean and crisp. Love it. So if you like one, if you just like good singers, Mackenzie Morgan is someone you need to listen to on on Spotify or wherever because she's just she has a great voice. I love your songwriting. Um, and so follow, follow her out there. Is there anywhere else we want people to follow you? Like, do you want people to follow you on Instagram or Facebook? You can say no. <laughs> you can if you want. I mean, people have been finding me on Instagram too, like just through Facebook. And uh, I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm one of them, but I had to for this show. So. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on everything. I'm even on TikTok, sadly, so... You know, <laughs> I like watching funny videos just the same as anybody. I do too. I, I, I could spend hours on reels just watching stupid videos. I oh, they're know. so funny. It's, it's so time consuming. Oh my goodness. It is. So everyone, thank you guys for listening. Thank you uh, for, for tuning in. Uh, you can always, if, if, if you ever want to submit any questions or reviews or anything, just theologyandmusic at gmail.com for the email. But you can follow us on Instagram at theologyofmusic. Um, thanks again, Mackenzie. Obviously, we're going to stay on the line after we get off this podcast. But thank you so much for, one, taking the time out to be on this podcast. But two, for being you and who God's called you to be in this crazy world of 2021. Yeah, well, I just want to thank you for that. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing the same. And, uh, you know, I have a heart for other worship leaders, you know, especially ones that are, you know, like minded and, you know, see the same mm -hmm. truths in scripture that I have and that, you know, a lot of other people have and um, are following their convictions to the best of their ability. So I appreciate, appreciate, um, yeah, just you having me on and being able to talk together. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Sunday, uh, Lord's Day worshiping corporately. Same to you, by the way, Mackenzie. I hope you have a great time worshiping corporately on Sunday. Thank you. Uh, and you guys have a wonderful day. And as you know, I'll see you in the next one. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>